Hey there, welcome back. It's Kathleen and you're listening to This Insecure Life. Um, I've been feeling really weird lately and I'm not really sure what it is. Um, it feels a little bit like, who am I? Has this process of healing um, actually been healing me? Has it taken me further away from who I was? And there's been a lot of self-reflection and I don't really have any answers, but I just wanted to be uh, very upfront about sort of all those weird niggly things. Um, I'm finding that I'm speaking up more and voicing my opinion. And yes, trying to do so in um, a loving, caring way, but also recognizing that sometimes it's things people don't want to hear and this isn't just personal life stuff it's like in business and it's um just generally speaking up right someone cuts in front of you and you say hey I was there first right things like that and um just trying to figure out sort of that line so there's been a lot of those hmm how is this impacting me? Is it impacting me in the way I had hoped or I had wanted to? If it's not, how do I adjust and and get back to or get forward to that person that I was striving to be? Um, Anyways, after trying to figure out how to speak about last week's um, episode and then recording like four times, it was only three. (laughs) Um... I think that's that's been part of it where addressing my privilege and wanting to talk about specific topics without having the resources has been on my mind. Um, and I've definitely set a goal to um, look up some books to read to begin with and um, connect with people that should they want to or be able to um, do some emotional labor uh, ideally I would be able to compensate them for that in some way because it's a lot and, and that's a lot to ask anyone to take on and so I just want to, to recognize that and, and state that sort of up front that um, when I reach out it, it won't be um, to just pick people's brains and, and get their their side. It, it will 100% be because I trust them, I believe in them, and um, if I can find some way to compensate them for, for putting that forward because it can be a lot of work and emotionally draining. Um, just because even once I read things, there's always a dismantling and as much as we can try to view perspectives that aren't ours um our lens is is there and in bias is there so I just want to I want to be really open about that because it's been a weird feeling in in regards to um exploring and wanting to be open and honest and have some of these harder conversations that being said Um, we're going to talk about grief today and I might do an episode today about grief and next week's might be about grief as well because 
I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, we all experience grief in, in different ways. And how I have been processing it since my grandma has died has been really weird. Because um, I've had other things that I've been grieving as well. Other relationships. Um, other situations that has has put this sort of in the forefront of my mind. And so for me, how I break it down is there's grief when someone or, or an animal dies. Um, there, there's a finality to it, right? There, my grandma isn't physically here. I can't call her up on the phone. And there's a grief that comes from that. There's a grief from the fact that um, I put my baby shrimp down. <laughs> shrimp was uh, my first cat that I owned all on my own. And, um, right, he got he got cancer and he's not here. So despite the fact that I would love to, I fucking love Bobbin, but shrimp was a breed and of, in and of himself um, and had different magical abilities than Bobbin. I can never get that back, right? So there's this grief when there's a finality. And then there's grief when situations or people leave your life, but they're still there, right? They haven't, they haven't actually passed on. They haven't died. Um, but for whatever reason, they're not in your life anymore. Or it could be an animal, right? It could be, um, a child if you're a parent and for whatever reason you're separated from your children. There's these forms of grief where, for me, they're the harder griefs to go through. That's not even griefs. I make enough words, guys. Um... Or folks, sorry. I try to use um, here as well as in my everyday life. And, and obviously I'm still uh, not 100% perfect yet. Uh, and it is um, gender neutral language because we can be gender neutral. And that is amazing. Anyways, um, so for me... It's that second kind of grief that is the hardest because there isn't a closure. I can't have the comfort of saying, well, like, maybe I can't call my grandma up, but if I say these things out loud, she'll hear me somewhat, right? The things I'm saying out loud, these people aren't going to hear um, because they don't want to hear them. So it's not, it's these like words unspoken, um, this love, this, I think I found a quote a while ago. It was basically like grief is all the love that you have that you can't put anywhere. And so there's a little bit of an acceptance point. And I know there's, I think there's seven, five, five, seven, five stages of grief, maybe, um, that people go through. But I find, um, one, they're not linear. 
two, you might only go through three of the stages because that's how you process. Um, but it's much, much harder and a much, much longer process when you grieve someone who is still very much physically, mentally, emotionally um, alive. They've just made themselves unavailable to you anymore. So how we grieve breakups, right? Even if you know that it was the best thing, it's a different grief than when someone actually passes away, at least for me. Um, because like I said, there, there is a finality to it and there's a comfort in knowing that you can speak these things into the universe and the people who are um, passed on might hear them. Maybe you don't believe in that at all, and that's totally cool, but it's a comfort for me. Um, so these are a lot of the things that I've been thinking about um, always. I feel like this has sort of always been one of those ideas that's percolated in the back of my mind, but we don't, we don't talk about grief a lot in, in our society. Um I'm going to actually just read the dictionary definition of grief because you know what? Sometimes we just got to do that. We just got to go back to it. Um, let's see. I thought it, I had pulled it up, but I um, only had <laughs> uh, like the Wikipedia and other articles. So dictionary definition of grief is that it's a noun and it means deep sorrow, especially that caused by someone's death. Um, thesaurus wise or synonyms, sorrow, misery, sadness, anguish, pain, distress. There is an informal one, which means trouble or annoyance, but that is not the one we're discussing. We're talking about, um, that deep sorrow that, that you're overcome with. And it can manifest in, in a lot of different ways, right? Um, and it can if you don't allow yourself to process it. I think it can move you into full-on depression. Um, but, and, and you might stay there. Apparently depression is <laughs> one of the stages of grief. Um, it is five, so it's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. But I feel like you can get stuck in depression. Um, you can get stuck in anger. You can get stuck in denial. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever bargained when it's come to um, grief in the sense of finality, loss, pass on. But I've definitely bargained and had bargaining when it comes to grief with those relationships that end, but the people are still available. They're just inaccessible. Um, but I feel like any emotion, this moves through us emotionally, physically, um, mentally, spiritually, in a whole bunch of different ways. And it is wild to think about how these emotions show up in our body. Um, a lot of my emotions show up in the same way. So I get 
really bad stomach pains. My joints will ache, which sounds so weird, but I literally will just get achy um, everywhere. In particular, my knees and my hips get really achy. And that's when I'm really sad, um, when I'm sort of in the midst of it. Oh, um, headaches, uh, stress in my shoulders. So there are these like points of tension in my body that actually practicing yoga has helped me to become more aware of and just because I have that awareness it's sort of like a a fog horn or um, an ambulance siren right we're conditioned to hear those things and immediately be drawn to attention and so when I notice I have really tight shoulders uh, my mind goes into a process of why are they tight did I do something what's happening how am I feeling and working through that and again it's not perfect it is a practice Um, sometimes I can be really good at it and pick it up very very quickly and sometimes it takes months before I figure out what that one ache has been about and as soon as I can voice it put words to it explain I'm feeling X um, it sort of evaporates and so naming which I've talked about a lot can be can be really helpful but we don't really talk about grief um, we don't really give space for people to grieve there's There's a limit to how much grief people want to deal with. And that's okay, right? Everyone can have their boundaries. Everyone can set their limits. But it can make it really difficult when you're going through something. Um, If your friends become overwhelmed, if your family becomes overwhelmed, or if they're going through it themselves. And so that is where it can be super beneficial to have professional help in the form of a therapist. Uh, If you're in school, checking in to see if there's counseling there that you can use. Um, There are some low-cost sliding scale uh, therapists in some of the bigger cities. I'm not sure about the the smaller ones, but now there's apps on the phones that we can use. And um, it's just finding that safe space to go through it. Um, and so, like I said, for me, it's been really interesting in my process of grief for uh, my mom, my maternal grandma, because I don't, I don't think I was in denial. Um, and I don't think I was angry. That's not true. I got really angry with myself in the immediate afterwards because I had been, in a fight with my mom, my mom, um, and she didn't even let me know that my grandma was sick until my dad told me and then I called her. So there was anger with me because I had put this barrier between me and my mom when she needed someone. Um, She's the oldest of her family, so she gets relied on a lot. And, uh, I know as a child, it is not my responsibility 
uh, to take care of her. But um, I don't mind doing it, and I like doing it, and it's part of um, our relationship, and it's gotten a lot healthier over the last year. So that's where my anger came from. Um, and then my focus very much has been on her, checking in on her for certain moments. I haven't had a moment of, this sounds awful, but really missing my grandma, right? That deep-seated sorrow. And I think part of that has been because I've been very focused on um, taking care of my mom. That being said, last week, yeah, I guess about a week ago, um, I really wanted her cookies. I really wanted her oatmeal chocolate chip cookies, and I realized I'm never going to be able to eat them again. And it's not even that they're that amazing. It's just I had made them with her occasionally growing up. It was one of the things that was a ritual at her house, going over, drinking tea, having homemade cookies. And so that moment, it hit me. And I definitely cried, and I'm tearing up now. Um, and then I think it was the next night or two nights before that, around the same time, I was making something in my kitchen that was making soup and I just had a pang of like I miss grandma and it was the first time I actually had that cognizant thought and so I talked to my mom within a day or two and I just said like oh I had this overwhelming like missing this feeling of grief this oh she's not there and um and as I'm saying this to my mom she actually stopped me and she said it's it's her birthday today or it would have been her birthday and then went into a story about my grandma's birthday and how she felt about it and I just there's these moments in in life and in in these healing processes that you can't put words to and I feel like talking about this I can maybe come off very detached which I don't know would maybe fall under denial I don't know but I'm really not um it is definitely easier for me to grieve and process when Someone is physically gone from this this world, this plane. Um, it is much easier for me to move through it. Uh, that being said, it doesn't mean that I don't cry. It doesn't mean that I don't feel that deep sorrow. It just is easier for me to, quote unquote, let go, um, which is what everyone tells you when you're feeling these really big emotions. It's okay, let go move on, keep going forward. Uh, this is one of those times that for whatever reason, I feel like I've had a lot of 
death in my life. I mean, we all have a lot of death in our lives. But, like, I can remember being at funeral homes very, very young. Um, and going through that process. And it always hurt a hell of a lot more when my paternal grandfather, who had Alzheimer's, was still alive but not himself. That hurt so much more and was harder to process and harder to grieve that loss because physically he was still there, right? You have this image of the person, this physical presence, but he was gone. And he would come back. He was there at the end um, a little bit with me and my mom, but most of the time he wasn't there, but he was there. And that, that is always just a process that is a lot harder. And, um, I don't think we look at it a lot as, as a grieving process. I mean, I know people say like when you break up, like, yeah, sure. Grieve the relationship, but I don't think they need it in the same way. And it's not taken in the same way when someone is still physically alive um, than when someone passes away. The grief isn't looked at or, I don't really want to use the word respected, but kind of respected, right? When someone very important in your life passes away, People can understand why that process of grief might take a really long time, especially if it happened in a traumatic or sudden way. When it comes to relationships ending and people who were part of your life for a very long time not being there, um, even if people have gone through it because they haven't passed away, it's easy enough to say it's not like they died, right? Like that it's a very flippant comment that people make a lot, but if they're not in your life in the same way or they're not in your life at all, to me, it's the same and harder and worse. Um, so I might leave you there today (laughs) because yeah, I feel like I can talk about that aspect for a really long time. And if you're going through something, if you are grieving something, if you're feeling deep sorrow, know that I think to me, grief is probably one of the most human emotions we can feel because it's not isolated in and of itself. It's not deep sorrow. It's love. It's a love that can't go anywhere right? We, we can't express it to the people we want to say it to. And that is what hurts the most, right? All those things that have gone left unsaid. It's all the things that were said that maybe we didn't mean. It's all the things that we can't fix anymore. And so it's this giant process of um, unraveling not just sadness, deep sorrow. Um, It's a process of unraveling 
happy moments and frustrated moments and process it in a way that we can honor the person who isn't there or the people who aren't there while still moving through our lives. Um, I am going to make notes <laughs> for myself uh, so I can pick up essentially and just talk about sort of my second, that, that first, first, first grief. <laughs> um, because I don't really know what else to call it. Grief when someone physically is no longer there when they pass. Um, and grief next week we'll we'll talk about the feelings and the process and um how to navigate i guess the situation of grief when a relationship ends and someone really important to you is no longer in your life but still present in the world still accessible just unavailable because i don't know maybe i'm alone in thinking there are two very different things but like what's the saying two sides of the same coin that's that's how they are and how the world interprets them and expects uh, different things from these two processes is crazy different sorry um wildly different than i think they should be but if you are grieving if you're going through a process of grief if you've lost someone in some way in your life and you're just working through it, you are not alone. You you are with these seven plus billion people and we're in it together. And losing someone can make you feel really insecure and it can make you face your mortality. And that is that is the most insecure thing in this life. That it is both it is both the most um safe assumption to make we will all die at some point and also one of the scariest and unsafe things to think about which is what insecurity is anyways as always thank you for listening i love you i adore you reach out on social media send me an email um share with a friend uh, but yeah, if you need to peace out, peace out. If you want to take a breath with me, let's take a breath together. Bye. Thanks for listening.